Amela Ana Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. Product demos are the theater of our industry. They engage and inspire the audience and showcase the capabilities of a product. Erica Early, director of product marketing at Microsoft, gives an overview of how high profile keynote demos are created. We talked about storytelling and the technical components of a demo. Erica also explained how a demo team is structured, what they work on, and the relation between product teams. To learn more about the topics of the show, sign up for the monthly newsletter by going to thewomenintechshow.com. Thank you for listening. Erika Early, Director of Product Marketing at Microsoft, is joining us today. Erika, welcome to the Women in Tech Show. Hi, Adina. Very honored to be here with you. Thanks so much for the invitation. Thank you. You've worked on high-profile demos, and this is the topic we're going to be talking about today. To get an idea of this, I want to start talking about some of the recent scenarios that you worked this week when the episode comes out is the week of Connect, this event from Microsoft. So I want to talk about these recent scenarios you worked on. Okay, so I've been working on Connect for the past three years. And every year we like we build an end-to-end -end scenario to showcase the technologies that we are highlighting or popping or announcing during the keynotes. We also try to build an inspiring story for developers to see and spark their imagination on how to build the apps of the future. So the first year, we built a clinic, health clinic. And it was very interesting because it was kind of the family medicine of the future. So we built a set of apps from Xamarin to websites, everything with an Azure backend. And what we tried to do is show end-to-end -end the experience of all the different things developers can build with that. So last year, it was really funny. We built a bike-sharing scenario. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome scenario. We also had some rain apps, web apps. We started doing some AI, the very first start of AI demos that we did. So we had some cognitive services. We had an intelligent kiosk with facial recognition and speak recognition. We also did our very first bot. So a scenario where you, for example, lose your bike. I lost my bike. And then you engage with a bot, and then basically the bot helps you, you know, find a solution to your problem. So we weave in all these different demos or scenarios across different places in the keynote. And so we show different pieces across the demos. And it's very nice because it's an end-to-end, -end, so it's the same story. And there's different speakers showing different app experiences or even the backend, the data side, the AI side the Azure side, all with the same theme. This year we built the Hotel of the Future. It's named Smart Hotel 360. So this is what you will see in the keynote. And in this year, uh, we're also trying to show things from the tooling, so how you can use the best-in-class tools to build the best possible app experiences through web, also mobile again. We're also showing App Center, so how mm -hmm. do you do DevOps for mobile applications or cross-device applications. We're also showing serverless, so functions. We're also talking about containers. So we have an OSS container story 
we're showing BSDS and DevOps, we're mm -hmm. showing SQL, mm -hmm. and we're showing Spearfish. So basically, we're trying, again, to weave in all those different products and technologies with the same scenario. And it's really fun because we really imagine the end-to-end -end of how any enterprise can work. And basically, the audience for this is developers. We want them to see the possibilities. Like, there's never been a time where you have so many possibilities to build on so many different platforms with so many different devices now. And you can build so many great things. So we always build these scenarios hoping we can inspire developers. Yeah. What I like about this is you and your team take the opportunity in these demos not only to show the capabilities of the products, but also what you mentioned, the apps of the future. Show them and inspire them. So I want to ask you, what makes a good story for a demo? So, I mean, that, that's actually a great question. So every year, it's very funny, like it's around July or August that we start thinking about mm -hmm. which scenario should we do? And yeah. usually we have like from five to eight different proposals. Mm -hmm. And so we try to look at a scenario that it's both interesting from the consumer side but also from the enterprise angle. Like okay. you're building your enterprise and you want to have a scenario that it's interesting, you know, for your company. At the same time, it's a consumer world where we have all these different devices and people are on phones all the time. And now there's also now new experiences with mixed reality devices. So we try to think about something that is compelling enough end to end. Mm -hmm. So we always have some principles that we follow for selecting these scenarios. And this year we had three or four proposed and we landed on the smart hotel. And mm -hmm. I can tell you a little bit of what it is. So, yeah. so it's basically, it's just an example. It's a smart city hospitality system. And they want to reinvent the future of connected travel. They are global. So they have smart hotels distributed across the world. And also they're green. And they're a smart building, right? So there's a lot of stories right now with IoT and smart buildings. Yeah. So I think it's a very fun and interesting scenario. Also, um, you have, you know, so many different personas you can address in a scenario like this. For example, you have just the regular guests. So you can have intelligent, conversationalized, and personalized applications and experiences for them. Mm -hmm. So we have, for example, phone apps, you know, and, and every single platform built with Xamarin. And by single platform, I mean iOS, Windows, and Android. And then also, you have business travelers, right? You have business travelers going to the hotels. So they're looking for modern workplace experiences and smart conference rooms. So through the website, you can book either rooms or smart conference rooms. Mm -hmm. Also, we have a fun way to integrate pets in the scenario. So if you have a small pet and you want to include as part of your booking process. We have a scenario with an Azure function and serverless where you can upload your pet picture and, okay. you know, it's, it's really funny. Nice. But, but it's just to show the technology, right? And it's a good scenario. Yeah. Then also you have real-time, like, customer and business insights for the hotel managers and investors. So as a business, like from the business side, you want to see how your hotel is performing, yeah. who are the guests that are coming in, you know, basically the sentiment of people attending your hotel. So we have a really nice demo where we're showcasing the sentiment. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that is interesting is you have sensors distributed through hotels um, that okay. are monitoring um, operations and using machine learning and prediction and alerts. 
you can alert maintenance notifications to operators. So anyway, I mean, it's a fun hotel. We also have a customer bot. So you are, just imagine the scenario, you're in your hotel and you want to order food or you want to report a leak. So you have a customer bot, like a lobby bot, but instead of calling someone, you can just um, integrate a bot. And whenever a human is needed, for example, you report a leak, the bot can just engage with a human and send someone, you know, to your room and fix the problem. Yeah. Also, we have a phone app. It's very cool. It's integrated with NFC. So basically, your phone is your key to your room. Mm-hmm. So with your phone, you can unlock your door, right? And, and we have a bunch of things like that. On the back end, which is also interesting, we have a cluster of Kubernetes with a bunch of microservices that are built in different languages, from Node to .NET Core to Java. And they're mm-hmm. all integrated and orchestrated. Um, that's on the back end. And then we have a bunch of different databases on the back end. We're using SQL DB. We are also using analysis for Twitter and sentiment. And with Spark, you basically can get different data sources and provide some intelligence. And we also build a HoloLens and an OEM device. So it's a mixed reality experience (laughs) for, for the hotel manager and the CEO of the company. They're talking through the how our hotels are operating. They can see a really cool map of New York City. And then they can see, you know, how to drill in that, see a lobby, see how the sentiment is performing and recommend uh, optimizations for the company and all that in a virtual meeting, which is kind of the way that apps will be built in the future. Mm-hmm. So actually, this experience we're showing on site in person. We're not showing that as part of the keynote, but we're showing that to attendees during yeah. Connect. That's good. Yeah. And it's all integrated, so it's yeah. fun. Yeah, what I like about this demo is that it really encompasses a lot of the areas and I'm surprised by this as you were describing it like it goes all the way down to IOT with sensors and then different people involved so these are things that like you said it's a consumer friendly demo but it's also an enterprise friendly demo because it's showing different actors involved so it shows you it supports different types of users with different permissions and different functionality for them like the manager versus the visitor and then the sensors then we also have the ai so it really shows how an example can really cover very many different areas so i really like about this and you're mentioning this is part of one of the demos at connect which by the time you're listening to this interview it would have already been shown but for those people that are not familiar with the Connect event. Can you just describe what it is? Sure. We like to call it our developer fall moment. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for a few years now, so it always happens in November. And it's basically just like we have Build on Spring. We have Connect in November. It's mostly a streamed event. We have a lot of high attendance by streaming. Mm-hmm. And we do keynotes. We also do general sessions for attendees, and we do EBCs. So those are executive briefings re- for customers. It's a very exciting event because it's a moment in time where we get to announce a lot of new features and products during basically during the fall. So if you haven't watched it, the Connect event is online, and by the time this is released, you should be able to just search for 
Connect 2017 at Microsoft, and, and you should find it all ready on Channel 9 so you can watch it end to end. Okay. And this year we have two keynotes. We have a keynote with Scott Guthrie, and then we have a AI for developers keynote as well. I want to talk more about the demo side of things. You've described this detailed smart hotel. I want to understand the demo team that works on this demo because there are many different areas. You mentioned Kubernetes, Node, containers, mixed reality. So I imagine this is a huge team working on this demo <laughs> or just a few people well, that are fluent in everything. That's a really good question. I think every keynote is different. This year I've been involved with four keynotes. We did first um, Visual Studio 2017 RTM. Mm -hmm. Then we did the Build keynote. Then we did the Ignite keynote. And this is our fourth keynote. Okay. So there's different teams working on them and at least for like the Visual Studio 2017 RTM keynote and for Connect, this is completely managed by our own team at Microsoft. So we have a demo team okay. inside of our own team. We work for the marketing team and within the marketing team, we have more technical product managers. We are named technical product managers mm -hmm. and we are focused on building demos. So all of us have an expertise on different technologies but for a few sets of these keynotes, like the RTM for Visual Studio and for Connect, we mm -hmm. work end-to-end, -end, so we all work together and we have to build demos for everything. Okay. So just taking those in specific, what we do is uh, we start working really early, believe it or not, in July or August. We're already working on the keynote that is going to happen in November. Mm -hmm. And we start, the very first part of like the task of this demo team is to ambition, what is our next end-to-end -end scenario? And we consider, you know, the different factors I mentioned before. Also, we start, like, once we land on a theme mm -hmm. and everybody is okay with it, and, and we figure out that it's actually a good theme to land all the different products and technologies across Microsoft, then we start with a fun part of designing the enterprise, right? So this is kind of a fictitious enterprise, always it's not real, mm -hmm. but we have to brand it, right? So we have to find a name for it, we have to design a logo, and we have to design kind of what's the color palette for everything. Mm -hmm. So we start like working with designers. So designers are a key part of our uh, process in the beginning. Um, they have to come up with what is uh, the look and feel mm -hmm. for all these different applications that we're building for our end-to-end. And then we also have to work really closely to the engineering teams and to our marketing, uh, product marketing managers, just to understand what is it that we're building, what's in our engineering roadmap, and what are we announcing by Connect, so mm -hmm. that we can optimize and build applications for that. And all this, like I said, it's happening in the summer when like, nobody's even thinking about Connect. We're already thinking about these things. Yeah. Then we take a couple months, like once we have a scope, and we work as an engineering team. We're integrated with a team of MVPs for mm -hmm. Azure and developer tools that are working with us on building this experience. And we have our BSDS repo on Azure subscription, mm -hmm. and we build the company from the ground up. Like there's really nothing, and we yeah. build everything in there. Okay. For a couple months, we have daily stand-ups. We have our own scrum process. We talk about features and tasks. And I mean, it's basically like building any other product, mm -hmm. except this is kind of a set of different applications. Mm -hmm. This year, we build a website about four different mobile apps with a, a bot. I mean, that's the surface. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, we also have 
mixed reality mm-hmm. experiences on HoloLens and OM devices, on yeah. HP specifically. And then we also have um, kind of a sentiment analysis tool on Node. Mm-hmm. So we work through all these experiences, and I think that's kind of the first part, like coming up with all the different apps. Yeah. And then we start working with more people on, like, what are we d- going to demo, right? Like, you have a website, but what is it that you want to demo with a website? Well, we have ASP.NET. Mm-hmm. Core 2.0, and we have Azure Functions, and we have App Insight. So basically, we start planning for what is it that we're going to demo across a keynote. Yeah. And then we start working with the actual speakers. And every demo that we do has an owner and like a person that is working with the speaker. And then that's when we build scripts and videos and things about the demo until we have kind of a final product. Okay. So it's very interesting. Okay. What I like is you said you're sort of building an enterprise from the ground up, right? Right, except it's fictitious. It's like our imaginary startup, basically. Yeah, so would you say that a position like this in a demo team would be a good position for somebody that's maybe interested in starting a company or going to a startup and they're like not sure so they can get some idea about it? Oh, that's, that's, that's actually a fun question. Yeah. I had someone, like, we actually had a position on one of these teams, yeah. like a technical product manager position. And one of the persons that was in the application process was telling me about this business he's trying to build from the ground up. And mm-hmm. that he was very interested in seeing how we can build applications for a startup and, like, what kind of things to consider. I would say... Definitely, it's a, a fun way to position it because you get, I mean, from at least from the software and engineering and the technical aspect, yep. you get to understand the very best of the products and our differentiated products, for example, with Azure, like what kind of things you can build with Azure as a backend, mm-hmm. what kind of tools you use with Visual Studio and all the family of products that we have on Visual Studio yep. to build these applications, and then what kind of app experiences you can build, mm-hmm. what are the opportunities for um, experience expanding with all the different data platform products and technologies that we have. Exactly. And now that AI is the top of mind for everybody, you mm-hmm. know, what kind of, you know, services and products and experiences do we have to add a little bit of AI mm-hmm. um, through the app? So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something that can inspire people that are yeah. building startups and that want to understand the technology stack from Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. And I also think it's good because... In this demo, even if you don't have users, sometimes you do have to do those stress tests of many users because your audience is developers and maybe they're going to ask questions like, how well does it scale? Things like that. So I think it's a good environment to learn all these things without having to go through the marketing of getting users themselves because you're still solving the problem of having many users without having (laughs) many users, I think. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't have many users, but like, for example, this scenario for a hotel, what we like about it is that it scales, right? Like, it's a global thing. You can have, you know, literally like hundreds of thousands of travelers who are part of this hotel chain and you want to optimize the experience for them through technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, even though this is a fictitious application, no users, you still go through the process of, how many users can we support and let's make sure we support them. Yeah. So it's a really good position for somebody trying to get an idea of this, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. You worked on a keynote for Scott Guthrie, for example, who is the executive vice president of the cloud and enterprise. Are executive keynotes different than 
for example, an end-to-end -end demo scenario? So they're not different. Actually, I mean, the end-to-end -end scenario we build, and then we can use in many different places. A keynote is just an example of a place where we can build it. Mm -hmm. Usually it's the very first time, you know, we use it. And then we use and reuse that scenario for many different things. And I can give you a few examples, but it's not that different. And, you know, we build it basically to support in a visual and exciting way and inspiring with storytelling. What do we want to showcase with the demo on a product demo? And we start building those scenarios for that. And also it's easier for people to connect to a single theme mm -hmm. that uh, goes across different demos in a keynote. And then we take that same demo and basically we distribute it to our field so that people can take the same demo and showcase it on different places or events. Also, we release it on GitHub so developers can just take advantage of its existence, use it as inspiration, yeah. use the code get the ARM templates, understand how everything works in the backend with Azure. Mm -hmm. And then we keep using it for different events or different like Microsoft purposes. But it's basically something that we use multiple times with the keynote being the very first time that we use it. Okay. So in addition to the demos, do you also work on the keynote itself? Yes. Okay. So I'm wondering in that one, because a lot of people might not realize when executives are doing a keynote and demo, there's a whole team working with them and without them at some points. So my question is, I'm sort of comparing it to speech writing for the president because I just heard this podcast for a writer for Barack Obama. He would write jokes for him. So I'm wondering if in this case, do you also have to know the executive a lot as a person to make an effective keynote? Like, is that involved in the process or...? I think it really depends on the keynote and the executive and the speaker. Okay. In the keynotes that I've worked on, there's a full team of people working. It's like we're playing like a symphony and an orchestra and everybody gets to play different parts and instruments. Mm -hmm. I get to look after the demos, but there's people looking after videos, after slides, after messages. And we all work together with the executive. Depending on the executive, there's different levels of involvement. Okay. There is definitely a good level of involvement when we're working on keynotes with Scott. And he gets to see, you know, before, like, the demos, for example. I can speak to that. Yeah. And he gives us a lot of great feedback so that we always end up planning the best ever demos. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what is also exciting about it, that we're all working together as a team. A mm -hmm. keynote is a very well-orchestrated effort between different peoples from across Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And there's a really good synergy from people from both marketing and engineering working on that. It's definitely a very labor-intensive kind of work stream because mm -hmm. there's a lot of good work and polishing and planning happening before. Yeah. And like some, I mean, you were sp talking about speech writing. It's not technically speech writing. It's more like we go through the slides and the messages. And, and I think there's a really good coordination so that the speaker, the executive, and the demoers know what is it that we're trying to express mm -hmm. and explain? In your opinion, what makes a good executive keynote? Are there particular things? I mean, the very first thing is you have to make it exciting for the audience, right? So whatever is it that we are announcing and showcasing, we have to build it in a way that it's super inspiring and it's super exciting for the people who are watching it and experiencing it. And definitely there's a lot of 
passion and good energy from a lot of people across Microsoft to deliver the best keynotes ever. Mm-hmm. And there's so much planning and, you know, like I said, lots of work and planning goes through that. I think what makes a good keynote is just taking the time to being super creative, having great storytelling weaved in across the keynote with all the content. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's many different components that we have, demos, videos, slides, and it all has to flow and it has to be connected. Mm-hmm. So we're all looking at different pieces, but at the same time, we have to work together as a team. So I think the one thing that I would say, there's two things in my experience that make great keynotes. One is Teamwork, you know, Mm -hmm. great collaboration with all the different people who have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there's a lot of attention to detail and quality. There's so many different components and things that you have to look after just to make sure that the experience is nearly perfect, or I would Mm -hmm. say perfect. We, We really have to prepare to make it as perfect as possible. So I think with those two things you can get a great overall executive Mm -hmm. keynote, no matter what it is about. Another thing that I like is when an executive keynote can be easily understood by people from different parts of the world. Or for example, the hotel example, there are hotels everywhere. A lot of people from different countries can relate to the example and translate it. Versus if you pick something very specific, it won't resonate with a lot of people and they'll feel isolated, I think. Yes, definitely. And it happened also with like bike sharing, for example. Yeah, bikes are everywhere. Bikes are everywhere. And we try to find something that is appealing to audiences, all different ages, and something that you can connect to easily. And definitely something that is sensitive of everybody around the world. What are some of the things that you need to plan in advance for a keynote in a demo? So sort of the things that can go wrong that you have to have be prepared like network and things like that so a keynote is like you have to be prepared for a bunch of things that can go wrong and just think about them in advance Mm -hmm. so there's three things I think you have to I mean our key one is this is a people project so there's a lot of people involved so you have to be working really well with a bunch of different people so from the ones that are you know rehearsing and like the the actual speakers Mm -hmm. the more you rehearse the better so sometimes we over rehearse and I think that's okay Okay. because in the end you know you can prepare as much as you want on the backups and the machines and things like that but Mm -hmm. in the end it's the speaker who carries out like the biggest responsibility for the end result, mm-hmm. because they are the ones delivering the demos. So that's one key thing. Then there's a bunch of preparation work we have to do ourselves. For example, for keynotes, usually we have a backup of everything. You would be surprised that we even have backup of furniture and things like that that we have. Oh, it's really okay. funny. Um, wow. We have for every demo machine that we have, yeah. no matter what it is, and for every phone that you see, there's a backup of everything. So. I don't know. I mean, I'll just use a silly example. The phone runs out of battery because it's on stage for a long time and someone forgot to plug it. Well, you need to have a backup there that is fully working so that you know that if something goes wrong, you have the backup, right? Mm -hmm. So backups of everything. We also take the time to test things thoroughly, like multiple millions of times ourselves on the machines. And then we also work together with speakers. Mm-hmm. On that, we do a bunch of rehearsals, like I said, and we have to work a lot and pay attention to many details. 
-hmm. Someone asked me one day, right before a keynote, like, what could possibly go wrong? And like, I just started thinking yeah. about the millions of things that can possibly go wrong, like from someone tripping on a cable. Like, I mean, there's like yeah. things like that to, you know, a computer, like getting a service update in the middle of the day, you know, right before the keynote or like even rebooting a computer yeah. in the backstage is tragedy. So like we have we have a team of people that are working and there's people observing every single demo for every speaker you see. There's a team of people making sure that the machines are okay, yeah. that everything is working end-to-end. -end. They're keeping the machines warm, testing everything, so yeah. that people don't have to log in in the middle of the demo to something. Or so. Oh, right. Yeah. So we have to over-test and make sure over -prepare. all the machines are fine. Yes. Throughout your work in keynotes and writing demos, I imagine there are very many interesting stories. So I was wondering if you had one interesting anecdote during your time working on this? I think with any kind of role, mm -hmm. you need to find the reason for, you know, why you do all this work and how, you know, why you wake up every morning and go to work and do something. And for me, for keynotes, the one thing is that I believe in tech for good. I believe in, in building technologies and using software to change the world. And so the one thing I would say that completely changed the way I see things is like one, I mean, of course, with keynotes and with working all these demos, you really get to understand multiple technologies from all sorts of flavors. So there's there's no yeah. such a thing as I work on my product only and I only see it for my feature. I mean, you have to yeah. understand how everything works end to end. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that really changed the way I see things was this one demo I worked on. Mm -hmm. It was an IoT diabetes demo. It's so far I feel like the best demo I've ever worked on. It was a demo I worked on with Scott Hanselman. And what I liked about it is it really showcased how with technology you can change, you know, the way people experience technology to solve health problems. problems. Health problem, right? Yeah. At that time, we were using our health clinic theme, and this was a really good, inspiring story. And I enjoyed just having the opportunity to see through the technology mm -hmm. that you can use to like solve this problem, but also the impact that it had. Like two years after I built this demo, I had someone. Like reach out to me and say, hey, I know you worked on this and I want you to know that, you know, someone in my family has diabetes and I found this truly inspiring and it has really changed the way, you know, I, I got involved now into this OSS community for diabetes yeah. because I saw that and I wanted to use that for my family. Yeah. And I mean, that made me feel like this is a really good you know, a good use of my time and energy. Yeah. If we can build and showcase things that developers in the world are going to see, and it just helps for their imagination and for understanding of technology, so that then they go and build even better real things, because all of this is fictitious, but they are the ones that are building things out there for real, Yeah. then I think I'm good. So I guess it has to be like the one thing that really made me change the way I see, mm -hmm. you know, working on a keynote definitely is a very, very intense kind mm -hmm. of job. Uh, it's very stressful, very yeah. labor intensive, what fun. very scary, but yeah. it's very fun. And the end result is very inspiring. And this is why I keep doing it on and on and on and yeah. on. And what I also like about that story, now that I think about it, is that person that contacted you 
maybe what they think is diabetes health and they're inspired to study medicine just to help their relatives and things like that. But with technology, there are a lot of problems that can be solved, right? Especially with diabetes to help the current people have a better quality of life. So then we can get more people involved in technology from different backgrounds and things like that because they wouldn't think before that health and technology were related maybe so I don't know yeah yeah I think it's just more like for people to see hey you know I I am geeking out and like playing with raspberry pies and yeah exactly and I think it's fun and it's great but now like making them imagine that they can build a health solution or like something that can change people's lives. I mean, that's really inspiring. Yeah, and all you need is a computer so they can even do this while in school and things like that, so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right, that's right. Yeah, cool. Well, Erica, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It was great chatting with you today. Same, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Awesome that you're running a Women in Technology podcast. We're both from Mexico. We yeah. both speak Spanish and here we are. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.